Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts brains how are you you are at the spot the place the location where the conversations are pointed the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull we're in queensland australia with the beautiful vicky speller vicky is just at the top of her game if you have not been following her on social media you have been missing the virtual adventure of a lifetime this woman is an accomplished author. She's written a children's book a few days ago. She just released a uh, her contribution to a compilation anthology with a bunch of other beautiful winners. We're going to talk about that. She really works in the realm of holisticness, uh, meditation, and she's a coach. So I want to talk to her about that and a whole lot more. But before we get started, Vicki, introduce yourself, and then after that, I want to go right into this adventure. This trip that you went on was absolutely magnificent. So tell my brains a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much, April, for inviting me to be on your show. I was so excited. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. So as you said, my name is Vicki Speller. I am a holistic counsellor. I'm an intuitive women's coach a meditation and mindfulness teacher and a retreat facilitator and also now a number one best-selling author, which is extremely exciting. (laughs) So there has been lots going on and I've been in the holistic world uh, officially as a business for about 16 years now, which I absolutely love. It's always been a part of me. So to transition into bringing that into my work workspace felt quite natural as well and I just love working with women I love working with children and helping them also and it's just been a wonderful journey it really has and every day I'm learning something new just like everyone else and going through that evolution while we're on earth it's been really really a wonderful experience and I love sharing those experiences with other people. Well, you're a trailblazer. You know, people were doing holistic um, work 16 years ago, but you were really at the uh, at the forefront of it. Now it is like second nature. People are have really grasped it. They grab hold to it. They utilize it. They take it seriously. They used to think, oh, this is hoo-hoo, this doesn't work, or, you know, what does this really mean, holistic? Because they're stuck either, you know, in a certain mind space or they are really ingrained in their religious doctrine and they can't go outside of that. Or they're really into a particular type of medication or medicine and they're not willing or able to branch out. So you've been really able to grab that bull by the horns and ride it. But talking about riding a bull. I followed you when after I first started talking to you was last year 
And uh, you said that you were going on this amazing adventure. Before you got there, you were on this adventure all by yourself. Tell us, <laughs> were you by yourself? Or, was that, or were you accompanied with someone and they just weren't in the photos because you were absolutely <laughs> everywhere. I was everywhere. It was fabulous. And there was times when I, I met up with a couple of friends, which was beautiful. Majority of the time I was by myself. I had a wonderful time and really honestly to looking back going, this is kind of going back in my journey a little bit, 10 years ago, I would have been really hesitant to jump on a plane and go overseas. And that was something for me that, that I had to overcome. And that was really a mindset that from, from hearing my parents when I was young about travel. So I kind of took that on for a long time. And then I had an experience where I, I got to go overseas about 10 years ago with a friend. And then to look at me now, like 10 years after that experience and to be able to jump on a plane and head off by myself and, and wave goodbye to my husband and, and my children and my grandchild <laughs> and to go on that adventure. It was really, I was actually quite proud of myself and I had such a wonderful experience and I really did, I must say, took everything in every moment. I, I appreciated every moment that, you know, the, the bits where I uh, was a little bit hesitant or I had a little bit of asthma there with the cold weather at certain times and things like that, but it didn't matter, you know, I just really embraced being there, being present, and absolutely loved every part of it. It was just you amazing. were so adventurous. You went to all of the historical sites. It was, it was raining at times. You were still out there. You did not let that put a damper on your trip. You showed fabulous food, and then you ended up in Ireland. Tell us a little bit about the book, uh, the book retreat, and the conference that you went to. Yes, so absolutely. So how that came about is the, the, the people that I've published through, so Karen McDermott, uh, Serenity Press or KMD Books, mm -hmm. and she had the offer there, would I like to come over to Crom Castle in Ireland and launch my children's book? So that was a hell yes. So that didn't take much to <laughs> There was no hesitation in that. <laughs> I thought, what a wonderful platform to be able to have that offer and to go to Crom Castle. So I went there. It was the most amazing experience. I well, it's not. It wasn't a conference. It was a writers' retreat, correct? Yes, that's right. It was a writers' retreat. So I was at Crom Castle in Ireland, and which was an absolutely amazing place. And. I had to pinch myself every now and then because I was thinking I'm this small country town. This is where I grew up. I'm just this country girl. And all of a sudden I'm, in, <laughs> I'm sitting in this magnificent castle with this, this beautiful long timber table that's metres, metres, metres long and having lunch with the Duchess Sarah Ferguson <laughs> and meeting people like David Williams who came and spent the night with us as well. And which when we had dinners, we had a couple of gala nights. I got to sit opposite him, which was wonderful. So I held beautiful conversation with David too. But the actual place was magical. The grounds were beautiful. They've got some new trees there that are one of the oldest trees 
in Ireland and they were planted in the 1700s and it's a male and a female and they've grown together. So when you can actually go through and you walk underneath them and the energy under these trees was so powerful, it was really such a wonderful experience. And to meet fellow authors and the wonderful people and make those beautiful connections and to share that time with them, it was really an experience of a lifetime it really was it was wonderful in every way I loved it <laughs> so did you have some breakout sessions where you got to work uh, on your writing process and kind of explore your imagination and inspiration yes so there was uh, so Karen held a writer's so writer's workshop so you'd come and do a workshop with her you had time by yourself so you can go and do some writing by yourself and then we had moments where we came together and we even went to an Irish pub and and had a few jigs <laughs> which was fun <laughs> they know how to dance in Ireland I've got to tell you April they know how to have a good time those yeah, Irish people <laughs> I know my daughter loves Scotland and Ireland, she says, I want a Highland cow and a cute little redhead. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. That was a wonderful experience. It was, I launched my children's book, which is Finding the Magic of Love. Let's see which, it. Is that it behind it, you? Yes, it is behind me. Yes, it is. Let's see it. Pull, it, pull it forward to the floor. I've got, I've got one here. So, oh, so look this. at that. Isn't so that this. Finding the Magic of Love? I remember that you told me a little bit about that. So let's so so continue with the story and then we'll go back to the book. Yes, yeah, definitely. So I launched my book there and then also I was blessed to be included in Ubuntu on whose shoulders we stand, which was uh, an anthology by Dr. Terry I Trent, which is one of Oprah's all-time favorite guests. So to be included in her book was absolutely amazing so I got to spend quite a few days with Dr Terry I Trent uh, at the castle as well and the Duchess Sarah Ferguson wrote the forward for the book so she came to the castle and got to spend some time with her and I've got to say April uh, typical Aussie <laughs> with my introduction so normally you would shake hands so I'm standing there and we're looking at each other and we had this little connection it was really beautiful so when I went to introduce myself I'm a, I'm a hugger so <laughs> I naturally I naturally went in to have a hug so which caught the Duchess off guard a little bit so she's half gone in to give me a hug back and we ended up in this position where we had our arms around each other's backs and we're holding each other's hands in the front. And it was as if we were having a dance. And when we both started laughing and she said, I think, are we having a jig? And I said, I think we might be. And she said, well, we may as well, we're here. And we had a little dance. So that was, oh. so that was my introduction to the Duchess. <laughs> so and I thought she won't forget so, me. And now we've, we've heard her, you know, her, her health challenge uh, there. So we are sending her love and abundant yes. life. And I know being in your presence and the presence of the other budding authors really made her feel um, feel special and feel loved. Uh, it's Absolutely. But you know what? I didn't. I thought you were going to say you forgot to curtsy, but I don't think you curtsy to a duchess. I don't know. No. I, have to get my, I have to get my royal etiquette. 
No, no, to shake hands is really lovely. <laughs> but to but to go into it for a hug is probably not the correct thing to do. But it turned out to be a beautiful moment. And it was actually captured. Uh, people took some photos. So I've actually got photos of that moment, which is really special That's as well. Good. You have to frame that and put that in your office. <laughs> what were some of the, the, the your favorite foods? What is something that you tried that you had never had before that just really lit up your palate? Oh, goodness. I, you know what, I can't even put my finger on one thing because everywhere I went, I did try things out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there were, there were, I must say, in South Korea when I was there, it was a little bit spicy for me, some of the food. Uh, so I, I had to make, be a little bit more mindful when I or, did order food in regards to that. But it was all, like, everywhere I went, honestly, the food overseas we have nice food here in Australia you know don't get me wrong but the food overseas the taste uh, it's it's different it's yes. and whether that's because I was on a high because I was just enjoying no, the ride well, of this mean, adventure <laughs> they have their natural organic vegetables they have different spices and herbs and just the way that that's they prepare so yes well I'm so glad that you got uh, to have that experience and you got back safely because again it looks like a whirlwind tour so let's talk about the book I don't want to spoil it but tell my brains about your children's book the premise of it is so beautiful so the children the children's book so it's finding the magic of love so it's really a um let's say a, it again I love oh, it. oh yes sure so it's a <laughs> it's a mindfulness book for children and it's really about encouraging self-acceptance and looking at the world around them. So bringing in that aspect of self-love. And it's about a little girl that goes on this wonderful adventure, trying to find love until she discovers where it is. So we won't give away the ending, but she goes on this wonderful adventure. And in the back of the book, I what I did is I added some bonus mindfulness exercises for children. So we've got some beautiful breathing exercises in there some mirror work, so teaching children how to look in the mirror and, and really connect into the aspects of themselves and to start loving themselves at an early age and also introducing them to positive affirmations. And then for, as a little added bonus in the front there, I put a little QR code in there that links back and parents and teachers or carers can download these wonderful packages of um, mindfulness resources that they can use so they're downloadable they're absolutely free don't have to pop their email in nothing like that it's just a gift from me to to whoever wants it <laughs> and there's some beautiful exercises in there to really support children and to help them with the foundation of self-acceptance and self-love and just to give them a good start in life because i think quite often unless we've got that really strong foundation of, of self-love or looking at ourselves with kindness, it can really ripple have a ripple effect and make it a little bit difficult in setting boundaries or having those healthy relationships uh, through life or understanding what we really want in life as well. So setting goals and but understanding what our purpose is. So it really in a lot of ways it comes back to ourself and understanding who we are our needs and our wants absolutely and our desires and absolutely to be able to dream you know yes definitely you manifested it and it came to fruition writing a children's book 
I writ I have written a children's book and it was hugely successful. But you have to go to a different place because you're communicating with little people or middle, you know, middle people, uh, anywhere between what maybe five and eleven, or what? What is the age range for your book? So the age range for the the age range, sorry, for my book is one to eight. So that's that's what I'm thinking around that age for for children, but also. In regards to this book, my hope is it's not just the children that receive something from this book, but it's also the teachers or the parents or the carers or the big sister or the big brother or whoever it happens to be that's reading that story with the child. The journey that they go on throughout this story, I'm hoping it reminds them to come back to self and to have that love for self Absolutely. as well. Yeah, As they always say, once an adult, twice a child. I know as my mother, you know, went into her 80s and 90s, she would love little kids' puzzles because it was easy to put together. Or she liked the more simplistic stories. Don't give her, you know, give her the Bible, but give her something else that was whimsical or fantasy or Winnie the Pooh, you know, so they always enjoy that. Finding an illustrator for a book is a challenge. How did you go? Uh, how did you go along with that process? How did you find the yeah. right illustrator? Sure. So for me, it was a little bit of a process. So I ended up finding an illustrator through my publisher, but in saying that, I did look at quite a few through her before this person landed in my heart, really. <laughs> and and while everyone else was absolutely wonderful. It, I really knew that when I connected with the right person, it would feel right instantly. So when I even saw the name Gabriel St. Martin, and he's from Spain, when I saw his name straight away, I intuitively knew that he was going to be my illustrator for my children's book. And when we connected and really... I, I had no idea of the process of going through and creating a children's book. I thought it would be just an easy thing. It's done like that. Oh, but no, it's difficult. <laughs> it is absolutely It is a big process. And even I was, I had a, such a clear vision in my mind of how I wanted the illustrations to be. I could see every page when I closed my eyes. So I was quite descriptive in writing out each page how I wanted it. And then Gabriel came back with sketches. And honestly, it was like he was in my mind because they were absolutely beautiful. And then looking at the color palette, I went for, even though that they, they're vibrant, but they're also, they're quite, if you can see that, oh they're, goodness, they're, so, they're soft. They're still soft colors. So I didn't want to overwhelm children with really bright colors. And he understood that. And honestly, he did such a wonderful job. I am so happy. And now we're, we've almost completed the second book that will be coming out in a few months as well. So we're, there's a series of three in this one. Oh, that's beautiful. So yeah. now you changed and you went from one extreme to the next. You were in Mbutu. Is that correct? Is that the name yes, of that's correct. Tell us a little bit about the process of writing and what your contribution was to this great anthology. Yes, absolutely. So 
in regards to that one, it was that was a real journey for me and took me took me down a path of connecting into when my mum passed away. So Ubuntu and On Whose Shoulders We Stand is really an anthology about the heroes in our life. So who really did, who supported us or who did we look up to or who helped us through certain situations. And for me, I wanted to write about my mum because my mum's greatest fear for a start when she passed was that she'd be forgotten. And we all firmly let her know that would absolutely never happen. And so through this process, I looked at, it took me back to that moment and it took me back to my childhood and writing about mum and seeing mum in a different light, you know, understanding really mum in a, in a more deeper level when I became a mother. So I think, yeah, once I became a mum, really, that's when I understood her journey more so. And she was quite a young mum, though. She was 16 years old. So by the time mum was 25, she had four children. Oh my. And yeah, so she was quite a young mum. And she was such a wonderful lady in the regards to working in the community. She would always be volunteering, whether it be at the school or the local Lions Club or Australia Day or whatever it happens to be, mum would be putting a hand up and she would be there. So I think watching her do that really kind of ingrained in me to be there for community in some way. And as I got older in life, I understood where my place was in being able to help in that area. And um, I spoke about the journey of when my mum passed, I ran away essentially with my friend to Bali and that was my first trip overseas and that was 10 years ago and while I was over there I just had an amazing experience where I felt mum's spirit and she joined me on my holiday and I've got goosebumps even even talking about this now April it was amazing and when I put the I was honest I felt so grateful that my chapter was selected to be included in the anthology I really did because it was just such a true gift well it was heartfelt and it was sincere and I you know I'm sure that it is going to get rave reviews thank you so your work in the holistic realm meditation and coaching yes tell us a little bit about that yeah sure so I started about 16 years ago now, almost 17 years actually now, (laughs) when I think about the date. And how that came about was I was always interested in energy healing. I always knew from a young girl that there was more to life than the physical of what we saw. I always felt that there was a connection to spirit, even though at that time I didn't really understand what that was growing up. And so for me, it felt natural to be able to look at someone or to, and to see their energy or to have an understanding of them without them really communicating it to me. So I was quite interested in energy healing and I just studied Reiki and then became a Reiki master, Reiki teacher and started teaching. I was had clients at my home. So I had a beautiful healing room where clients would come, I would work with them. I used to offer readings. And as time went on, things shifted for me. So things like readings, I started to let them go because I found that you could be in that space and and offer that guidance 
but quite often people would repeat patterns because they weren't really doing the work for themselves. They were sitting back and allowing someone to offer that information to them. Right, right, right. I get it. I tell people all the time, I don't mean to interject, but you got to show up and do the work. You can provide the pixie dust, but you know, you've got to do the work. Absolutely. And that's where I started to see things differently. And I thought there's, there needs to be for me, personally, there was another way that I could offer assistance in helping people, and especially women and children to get to know themselves and then have a clearer understanding of what they are wanting or what they feel is right for them rather than having someone telling them what they, what they should do or could do or what could happen. Yeah, so they're also ingraining the tools in them that they have a resource and a reservoir uh, and a toolbox to pull from when you're not there. What happens three years from now? What happens 30 minutes from now when you get triggered? What happens, you know, when you have a meltdown? What happens when you have a great experience? How do you learn to embrace and love that too? Because all experiences are not traumatic brains. I want to let you know. There are some great revelations. There's some great, exciting times, but those are shocking too. And when you pull back the layers and you really find um, a different element or a different part of yourself, you have to settle in and you have to adjust to that as well. Right, Vicki? Oh, absolutely. It is. And and even in saying that, that it's, that's absolutely correct in the the big moments, the celebrations as well, that can have equally the same impact as something that hasn't been so great because people need to come back to centre and find themselves or their new way of being again. And that can take a little bit of time. So it's important to... You lose that 100 pounds or you win the big lottery or, you know, you go on an exciting adventure all by yourself. It's like, well, you, you find something new. That's right. But, you know, and uh, in, even in you saying that, April, that you're looking at people as well. You know how you hear people that they've, they've won the lottery, they've won millions of dollars, and then within 12 months, two years, they don't have a cent again. So it runs deeper, doesn't it? It's, it's not about the external. It's really about coming back to self, coming back and knowing how to support yourself and understand the steps that you take or the actions that you take and why you were taking them. So looking at yourself with a greater perspective as well, I think, and and the world, I think that's so important to do that rather than being quite focused or narrow-minded, understanding that we all have our own truth. We all have our own way of seeing the world and then looking at it almost from above is the way I I think of it. I call it the helicopter view. Yes. And... It's so, uh, it's exciting. And Brains, I encourage you to find some excitement in your life. It could be the small things. You don't have to do anything different. Get on a bus or a train in your local community and ride it to the end, somewhere that you've never been before. Get off, go to a nice restaurant. Talk to somebody. Buy somebody a cup of coffee. You know, uh, I have one of my guests that has a 32-day challenge of kindness just doing absolute random acts of kindness. And one of them that she shared with me that she did was she went to an AA meeting. She had never been to an AA meeting. She didn't have an addiction problem, but she went to support a friend. You know, the other lady uh, 
neighbor next door, she promised that she would take her garbage out for her, you know, her garbage can out because she saw her struggling. Just the little simple things. They don't have to be monumental, but they can mean so much to an individual. So let's ask some fun questions about uh, you, Vicki. I love to do this. This is my one of my favorite parts of the interview. If you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be and why? <laughs> what would I be? Let me think. For some reason, I wanted to say a toaster straight away because I just want to pop up and just surprise people and go, hi, I'm here. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. That is too cute. I think today... I change from day to day. Today, I want to be the spice grinder. <laughs> I want to crunch up the herbs and make it spicy and flavorable and awaken the palate. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be? Oh, let me think. I might be a Ferrari and go nice and fast and let's make it red. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I would like to be a 1974 VW van. With the flowers on it, the hippies, the hookah pipe, the, you know, <laughs> some sly and a family stone playing in the background. Yeah, I'd like to go nostalgia. I love it. I might have to come for a ride with you, April, in that one. <laughs> if you could time travel, past, present, or future, where would you land? If I could time travel, I would actually land back to a time when I can share a conversation with my mum again. That's where I would be, absolutely. So perhaps maybe in my 20s. So then it's given me an opportunity to understand mum and mum to understand me on a deeper level and we've got that time, you know, between, between when I was 20 to when she passed because I left home when I was 14 years old. So I was quite young when I left home. And while I've, I've had a lovely relationship with my mum, I, I look back now and I think, wow, no wonder it broke her heart when I left because I was a child. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was, though, April. I felt like I was, I don't know, 25. <laughs> wow. What was that like, being on your own at 14 years old? It was, it was actually quite challenging. I grew up in a, a small country town and I had the opportunity to have a full-time job about two weeks before graduating year 10. And at that time, it was just a wonderful opportunity and I decided to take it. And through that, then I left home. And within a few weeks, the, where I worked, decided to move to the Sunshine Coast, which I didn't know was going to happen at that time. So I actually moved down to the Sunshine Coast with them at such a young age. And I moved in with my boss and their family. They had young children. And they helped support me in finding a place and got myself settled. But it was, while it was, you know, very exciting to be by yourself as a young teenager on the Sunshine Coast mm. and things weren't as strict as they were now. <laughs> so, you know, I had lots of fun. It was wonderful. But at the same time, it was uh, an experience that I really did have to grow up quite quickly because all of a sudden I had to manage my rent, you know, my finances. I had to go grocery shopping. All the little things that as you're growing up, you really don't give a lot of thought to until you, you do move out of home. And I think because I was only 14, it was a bit of a shock, but it, 
I look back and I'm really grateful that I had that experience right. because it really has. I know people, it's cliche to say it made me who I am, but it, it really did. It, it's such a big part of who I am and the passion, I suppose, that I have to support young people as well because of the way I grew up, you know, certain situations in my childhood right. that, you know, pushed me uh, to want to leave home at 14 right. as well. And so, you were, And you were searching, like in your book, you were searching for the love. Absolutely. And the, and the magic in it. And yep. sometimes people fail to realize, or young people fail to realize, that you really do crave discipline. You do crave that structure. You do want someone to be on the sideline to say, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that, or maybe you should do this. But then when you're out there making those decisions, 14, 15, 16, that's yeah. a very tender age. So bravo to you. But what Thank would you. you say, looking back, what would you say to a 20 or 25-year-old Vicky Speller? What would, what would be the conversation that you'd have with yourself? I would say, Vicky Speller, you have done amazing. You have really allowed yourself to not let life and the the moments that could have really destroyed you you didn't let that happen you didn't let that define your life instead you embrace those elements you learned from it you grew from it and you helped others through it and I'm just so proud of the person that you are and you have no idea Vicky what's to come because it is amazing so you just hold on because it's going to be a wonderful ride <laughs> and just wait for it what would you tell a young lady or a young man that's struggling now that's, you know, maybe 14 and does not have the opportunities that you had to branch out and have someone to take you under, you know, have them take you uh, and carry you through, put you under their stewardship, but they're just out there because I hear, you know, and I don't know, it's the same here in the United States, that there are a lot of adolescents that are leaving home or are emancipated. You can be emancipated pretty early uh, in yeah. Australia, but that doesn't mean that you're equipped to survive. What would you say to those young people? No, that's right. You know, I would say it's, um, if you possibly can, just depending what's going on in your life, to, to try and foster those relationships with your parents or your caregivers, because it is such, uh, we don't realise until we leave home how amazing and supportive they can be. And I know not every family is, is like that, that, you know, people have their ups and downs. But if you are alone, if you are struggling, I just want you to know that it will get better. It always gets better. We've just got to really have that mindset and look for the good. And it could be the tiniest thing where you might have you been by yourself all day, but that one person that walked past smiled at you. So hold on to that moment and, and focus on that moment rather than looking at the parts that don't feel so good. So just, just really understand you're not alone. You, you do have that support, reach out to community, have a look on everyone's got social media when they're young you know look at communities on social media where you can feel like you are supported but honestly things get better and I know sometimes some days are hard but look to the future and don't give up because you've got it you've got that strength inside of you and I know you can absolutely do it 
Absolutely. And they have great people like you. There's mentors, there's teachers, there's counselors. There are other people. If you're struggling, if you're in an adverse situation that's not conducive to you, there are support groups, there's counseling, uh, there's- And pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, reach out. Don't self-medicate. Don't isolate. Don't hurt Mm. yourself. There are options. There are choices. Trust me, there is a thing called freedom and Mm. you can do it and you can win. Thank you so much for that inspiration, Vicki. I really appreciate it. In closing, a couple things. What else is on your life list? My life list? Well, I'm doing a lot of writing. (laughs) So that is definitely on my life list, I must say. I'm really, really enjoying the writing. So Voices of Impact has become number one bestseller in four countries, in 24 categories, which was absolutely fabulous. I've been asked to write in a mindfulness anthology, which will be coming out in a couple of months. And then I, I'm coming out in another anthology called Hear Us Roar, which is a series of eight and a doco film. And I've submitted my first one. And after that, I've been asked to write in every single one of the books. <laughs> so oh that's such an honour. So I'll be looking at a lot of writing. I work with a lot of women. I do a women's circles. So I really am passionate about bringing community and bringing women together. And so looking at holding a retreat later in the year as well. So lots of community support that's happening, which is really wonderful. And looking at going to schools as well with my book and lots of traveling around. So I'm I'm looking forward to sharing the love. (laughs) Well, you are leaving an imprint absolutely with your writing. And that's so important. What do you want your legacy to be, Vicki? What do you want people to say and remember about Vicki Speller? I would just really love people to enjoy the words that I leave on paper. So enjoy my books. And, but I'd love them when they think of Vicki Speller, I'd love them to say she was a really nice lady. She was caring, she was supportive, and she was there for me when I needed her. And she was even there for me when I didn't think I needed her, but I actually did. <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. Brains, I want you to reach out. I want you to pick up a copy. Tell them how to get a copy of one of the anthologies as well as your children's book and how to get in contact with you. Absolutely. So my website is Vicky Speller. So www.vickyspeller.com. So Vicky's with a double K. So it's V-I-double-K-I. And uh, my Instagram handle is Vicky underscore Speller underscore the intuition underscore plus. And then I'm on Facebook, Intuition Plus. And if you would love to help kick me off with TikTok, <laughs> I've just opened up my account and I'm at Vicky underscore Speller. So that's me on socials. And the book is beautiful. So it's on Amazon. So you can jump on Amazon. If you put in my name, Vicky Speller, you'll, it'll come up with my author page. It'll come up with Voices of Impact. It'll come up with Ubuntu and it'll come back, uh, come up showing Finding the Magic of Love as well. Well, they're going to need a whole section just for Vicky Speller. <laughs> I'm so happy for you and I'm so glad that you had a wonderful adventure. Next time you have to come to America. I tell you guys that all the time. But when you come Absolutely. to America, Skip LA. I'll drive you to LA. Come to San Diego. It's America's finest city. Okay. Thank Sounds you. Sounds wonderful. For being here. Brains, I need you to go in, purchase a copy. Oops, it's 
asking on the postcard. Purchase a copy of one of Vicky's books. I'm going to put all of her contact information in the back. Um, be adventurous. Take a chance. You don't know what you don't know. Reach out and touch somebody. Okay? Thank you so much, Vicki. Uh, come back and see me again here on The Edge. All right? Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Bye, brains. Thank you.